DJ PK and Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network analyst, joining us now. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. You know, we're at the point now in the Pac-12 season where we wait for the college football rankings to come out. That's a little more interesting than the Pac-12 race. Everybody got ready to watch Utah-UCLA, and that thing was over at halftime, actually probably earlier than that. Are you finding much drama left in the Pac-12, or have you seen two teams pull away, another two teams kind of at the next tier, and then everybody else? Well, the, the drama becomes much to the point where we've been speaking about over the, you know, the course of the season. Um, if Oregon and Utah run the table and they face each other in the Pac-12 championship, which they will, and then it, you know, it turns out to be, you know, whichever way it's decided, whether that Pac-10, that Pac-12 champion gets into the playoff. Now, and the reason why I say the drama is still building is because you still have Alabama there. And listening to the pundits out there, everyone seems to agree that, or seems to think that if Alabama with their backup quarterback goes out and whips up on Auburn that they should be a shoe-in for that fourth spot, conceding that, you know, Georgia loses to LSU and everything else. And so that's the drama within itself. And once again, this year, like we've had ever since the playoff has come out, there's probably going to be somebody who some people deem as worthy to be a playoff caliber team that's not going to make it. So as we go through this, how much weight should be put on winning your conference? Personally, I think it, it, it speaks. You know, it speaks bundles. I mean, but you don't have enough spots, and until they increase it, we're going to always have this conversation. You know, look, this time of year, unfortunately, it becomes about the money grab, and the reason I say that is because you know when LSU and Alabama went at it, that was such a tremendous game with high regard. People were looking for a rematch. And so I honestly think the committee tried to vote LSU and Alabama to stay around it. But now it's lost a little bit of its luster now that two has gone down from, from Alabama. But it, do, it still becomes a money grab in the sense where they want, they want premier teams. And let's face it, the Pac-12, or from a national standard, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, national prestige, if you will, based on the years of the Bowls game. So they'd much rather see two SEC teams in the sense where you have um, an SEC champion, obviously, and then maybe an SEC runner-up, a big brand like Georgia or something like or Alabama uh, in the in the playoff versus the Big 12 uh, Big 10 champion and possibly you know someone else like last year's champion Clemson the ACC champ they they much rather see that because that's a bigger money grab to them so some people are going to say hey if Alabama beats Auburn and Auburn beat Oregon why should the Pac-12 be in what would well, you say because there? look at the situation. I mean, if Alabama if Alabama beats Auburn, they're not even going to win the conference. And so, when you talk about versus a conference champion, who's you know, yeah, they lost to, uh, Oregon, lost to Auburn, but it wasn't it wasn't like they were blown up. It was basically the last drive of the game. If you hold such Auburn in such high regard, then you should consider a champion that's won its conference over the fact that you know the, over someone else who's just by namesake this year, not as strong as they've been in the past. It's Alabama. I get it, but it's not Alabama old. So I don't think that we have to go off of past um, uh, achievements. We should be going off of what they hear now. And I think Oregon and Utah are both better teams than Alabama. You look at since the SC loss for the Utes, 
and they had just been pulverizing everyone. The only one that came close was Washington, five points. That was a late touchdown to make the margin a little closer, but 49 to 3, 35 nothing, 21 to 3, 52 to 7. I'm wondering, my thought for you, is that actually working against the Pac 12? Because before I go up to the stadium on Saturday to cover the game between the Bruins and the Utes, I've got my television on, obviously, and I'm watching a game between uh, Georgia and Auburn that looks like an NFL game in terms of right. there's not a big margin. Then 21 and Auburn comes roaring back and Georgia needs stops. And the final's 21-14. And I'm coming out of there thinking, man, those are two good football teams. And then I have to admit, and I've seen Utah play every game because it's my assignment at work, I have to admit, man, Watching these guys just blow out everybody, and I'm bored out of my mind in the second half in the press box. I think it's a hit against the conference. It'd be almost better if these teams would provide a little bit of competition because I come out with more respect from Georgia and Auburn because it was a hard fought game, hotly contested. Whereas the Utes, man, it's over early. So I'm thinking it might work against them in terms of trying to build this national rep here. Well, it's a dual edged sword. I mean, because you think about it, Ohio State blows out everybody, and everyone sits there and oh my gosh, you're the best team in the country. But the difference is, and, and this is this is what I have the biggest issue with, is that there's not enough coverage for the Pac-12 teams, the Utahs and the and the Oregon's to be able to see on a national standard to be able to compete with the television grabs, say in Auburn and Georgia, and that's unfortunate because I was in California last weekend and I went to a Dave and Buster's, which is like a sports bar and grill for adults. Yeah, I went to Dave and Buster's and looked up and I saw. All these games on all these TVs, I didn't see one Pac-12 game. That's unfortunate. Yeah. No one knows the gems that we have out here. Now, for Utah, they've got, what, they've got the best defense in, the, in college football. They've got a quarterback and, and a running back tandem that's, that should be seen and showcased and highlighted, but no one notices it. That's outside the area, and that's unfortunate. And, but, but again, like I said with the Ohio State comparison, when Ohio State goes on TV, they seem to be on TV every week no matter who they are. They're putting up 70 points on somebody. That game gets boring after the first quarter. Right. But yet they still talk about, well, you know, they, 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 they dominated their opponents so much. Well, come on. We're talking about Maryland. We're talking about Rutgers. We're talking about another top-heavy conference. The, the only thing we're looking for when it comes to Ohio State, even though they are on TV every week, is we're looking for their game against Penn State and their game against Michigan, which happens to be in the next couple of weeks. It seems like the Pac-12, and they don't probably want to talk about it, but it seems like something's happened behind the scenes with the TV deal because we're seeing more double headers on one network. You know, we saw Washington and Utah on mm-hmm. Fox, followed by right. uh, Oregon at USC, and they got another double header on ABC this weekend. It's USC, UCLA early, and then at five thirty, it's Oregon and Arizona State. But even that has the money grab element because the team the conference needs to have seen, Utah, what if they end up being the conference champ, they're going to play at 8 o'clock at night on FS1, 10 o'clock right. back east. That game's going to go till 1, 1.30 in the morning. Although as PK right. points out, Utah may have the thing won by 11.30. But USC, UCLA, it's two teams in the L.A. market, so it's the money grab. So it seems like there are a couple games getting better run, but it still doesn't seem like it's the right teams. 
Well, I agree with you when you say you get a little bit of better run, but it's also the fact that the season is almost over in the sense where now you have those rivalries, which you expect to be on TV, UCLA, USC. Those are the rivalries that you expect to see on TV. But it is an important game because, look, we know for the most part that Arizona State and Arizona have been spoilers when they're in their backyard. They've done it. You know, Arizona State has done it in the past. So has Arizona. So anything can happen in a game. I still think Oregon handles business when they come down here to Tempe. But for the most part, it is something that's worth watching. To me, it's almost a little too late because now everyone is speculating what's going to happen with all, um, not Auburn, what's going to happen with Alabama with the backup quarterback. Well, they should handle things. They don't even need to play the backup quarterback with, uh, with West Carolina, but that's not that's neither here nor there. So uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you ask me. I'm wondering, I brought this up, I was just thinking about it, if the Pac-12 should have some type of stipulation is once the playoff rankings, not the AP and the coaches poll, but the playoff rankings come out, and if you're like in the top seven saying you have a legitimate chance, which obviously Oregon and Utah do, they ought to have some stipulation that no game can start when the sun isn't up. So you get maximum exposure, some some kind of qualification, so they're not starting the Utes at uh, eight o'clock. Uh, right. So ten o'clock in where most of the TVs are in the country this weekend. And so, yeah. and if I was a football fan back there, obviously if I was a Ute fan, but just a football fan, you know, I'd be following it. Hey, hey, what's going on with this team out there? But I mean, we stay up till eleven, twelve, one o'clock. I, I don't know that I want to do that. Come up with some rule that if you're in the Hunt for the better of the conference, you gotta you, you can't kick off past four o'clock local time. How about that? Well, I like that. Make it happen. I, mean, I like Lincoln. that idea. I definitely like that idea. I mean, look, the way it is for me that when I have the opportunity, I turn on the TV on Saturdays, and the first game I'm looking for is either a Big Ten or an ACC something East game. You know, uh, that starts at twelve that you get at nine o'clock in the morning. But there should be that mid-afternoon game after those nine o'clock games are over with. You should have Pac-12 being showcased staggered throughout the day and the premier game. And I think there should be a flexion in TV contracts. But, I mean, that's just wishful thinking on my end. Yeah, really. Lincoln Kennedy joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So the rankings come out, and I didn't think Oklahoma got much of a bump for beating Baylor. I thought there was a decent chance that given a win on the road over a previously undefeated ranked team, that Oklahoma was going to jump over if not Utah, possibly Utah and Oregon, were you surprised they didn't? And does that mean the Big 12's in trouble down the road or no? No, because I think they did it. They did it again, much like they did the SEC, knowing that you know Utah and Oregon are on a collision course that one of them's going to drop out. And that, you know, Oklahoma's going to handle business, and so they're going to be in a conversation where they might end up finishing either fifth or sixth when it's all said and done from everything that might happen from the top, of, top to the bottom. So I agree with you as far as you look at Utah's schedule going forward. Uh, Arizona and Colorado, one is worse than the other. And I'm not sure who's who it is, but the point being that the Utes should win these next two games. Oregon has the tougher of the two. I still expect them to win, but hey, as I understand, and I got family in Phoenix where I grew up, it's raining in Phoenix now. So when it rains oh, yeah. in Phoenix, 
anything goes, man. It is just off the table. So well, I don't know if it carries over to the weekend, but yeah, it's coming down pretty hard. I'm sitting at home looking at my back door window, and it's coming down pretty hard right now. Right, and I know Saturday, but still, anytime it rains, there's like a four or five day hangover where anything can happen <laughs> in the valley. I mean, I got experience there, right? So Oregon has the tougher of the two. Still expect them to win both, but with the Devils at home and then the the Civil War, you never really know. So my my question for you is. If either of these teams lose, it's probably going to be Oregon before the title game. If right. that happens, does that or how much does it screw up the other team's chances of getting in the playoff? Well, because you're going to take in consideration the opponent. If they fall to Arizona State or Oregon State, regardless of the circumstances, the committee is going to look down upon them and say, well, they're not as strong as we thought they are. And they're probably going to fall out of grace, you know, maybe back to – 11 or 12 spot, yeah. something like that. Um, and that's going to hurt Utah's chances because now if Utah goes into the Pac-12 championship and dominates them, they're like, well, you know, we're talking about a team that lost to Arizona State or Oregon State. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what people are going to hold up in conversation. So it does, again, it, I, 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 I hold by this, and I think this is the only way that it can actually happen, guys. Both Oregon and Utah have to run the table, meet each other in the Pac-12 championship, give us a great game for them to be able to, the winner, to be able to say that they deserve to be in the playoff. It's the only way I think it happens. Either one of those drop, I don't think we get a, I don't think we get a representation so we'll, uh, in the playoff. We'll have time to discuss this in the coming weeks, obviously, but do you think that title game needs to be close and not have one team blow out the other? Not necessarily be close. It just, it, it's it's got to... Uh, Let's put it this way. You want to see teams show up and showcase their strengths and talents because you want to say, oh, man, that's a good-looking football team. You remember how you made the reference between Auburn and Georgia, two teams going back yeah. at it? I mean, that's sort of what you want to see, and you don't want it to be totally one-sided and be like, oh, my gosh, they just dominate. They must really be good. You want it to be somewhat you know, somewhat competitive to where you can make the argument like, well, look, did you see Utah's defense shut down? Justin Herbert is projected to be one of the top five quarterbacks taken. That's the type of conversation that you want to be able to have after the game. So as you watch all of this unfold, are we going to get any could, – could, is there a chance that all this discussion was just a bunch of hot air because there are going to be some upsets down the stretch and this is all going to get scrambled? Or, as the gamblers say, is it going to be chalk? The favorites are going to do what they do, and it's all pretty predictable. I would be extremely disappointed if Alabama gets in the playoff. It's just that cut and dry. And to me, I, throughout the season, I said the only team that could have one loss and still make the playoff and not win their conference championship was Alabama. I don't think Alabama deserves to be in a playoff. Not based on past history or anything else, I don't think Alabama deserves to be in a playoff. And that's the one stickler that's going to be in the side of everybody when it comes to time to be the playoffs. Yeah, well, they've been the one seed three times, and they were the two seed once, and the one time they were the four seed and they didn't win their conference, they won it all. So they'll probably get the benefit of the doubt, regardless of what the three of us think. Well, thanks for a few minutes, Lincoln. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Hope everything's well, and I'll see you soon. All right. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks and Raider Analyst, join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Also joining us here... Andrew Reinhardt. Well, I'm already feeling better. Clinic. Yeah? As soon as he walked in a room, man. <laughs> no pills, no needles, no surgery. What can you tell us about the new treatment? So this acoustic wave therapy has been um, used on other parts of the body for many years. Um, and FDA cleared maybe five or six years ago to increase blood flow, essentially. If you think about a guy with erectile dysfunction, he really needs more blood flow. 
the medication, you know, they kind of masks the symptoms, essentially. This treats the root cause of the problem. It opens up the blood vessels, regrows blood vessels, um, and restores normal function in the bedroom, which is... This is a breath of fresh air for a lot of guys struggling, frustrated. Maybe the pills aren't working or they're causing really bad side effects. You can get a free assessment with a doctor with no obligation if you call Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000 right now. 801-901-8000. And I guess part of this assessment is uh, we all think, you know, whatever our problems are in life, we're the only ones yeah. who have them, right? Yeah. But if you're seeing enough people at enough clinics, you probably know to check for these medications, check for these other medical situations. Yeah. There's probably a checklist you go through that's pretty well established. Yeah, and this is a really cool analysis. If you're thinking the treatments might not be a good fit for you, come in. It's no charge. Um the doctor will go through your history, the medicine you're on, age, the severity of your ED, everything. Um, and then you decide from there. There's no obligation to do it. We often come up with really good tips for guys that maybe don't involve the treatment. So call us now. We'll do it totally free. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound, by the way. That'll check for blockages in the blood to this part of the body. Um, see if it's a good fit. If you have partial function left in the bedroom, if you know what I mean, I know there's what you mean. A, <laughs> there's a very good chance. That's the best case scenario, partial function. There's a very good chance we can get you back to 100%. All right, call 801-901-8000. You can get your free assessment with the doctor with no obligation right now. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz are in Minnesota tonight to take on the Timberwolves. Game starts at 6 o'clock on AT&T Sportsnet. Listen to it on The Zone. Our pregame show starts at 5. Over on 12, that'll be a 97.5 The Zone. Over on 1280 The Zone, Sioux Falls Sky Force in town to face the Salt Lake City Stars, 7 o'clock at Salt Lake Community College. you hear that on 1280 The Zone. we got a four-pack of tickets to give away during the show. In the NBA last night, another triple-double. For LeBron James, another win for the Lakers. They beat the Thunder 112 to 107. Carmelo Anthony started for the Blazers, but they lost to the Pelicans 115 to 104. College basketball, Weber State set a school record with 130 points in a 130 to 50 route of West Coast Baptist. And tonight, BYU is at Boise State. That game's on the CBS Sports Network at 8 o'clock. Top the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Greg Rebell joins us right now. Earlier we were talking about Jim Carrey. Great Canadian. What Canadian <laughs> are you most proud of <laughs> in the entertainment world to know that they come from your home? And name? all our best Canadians come from Canada. So, or best uh, entertainers. No, yeah, no you're right, Canada. Austin. All the best Canadians <laughs> do come from Canada. <laughs> our best That's entertainers. Oh my gosh, I'll never hear the end of that point. one. <laughs> I'll never hear the end of that one. You can't argue that. You can't argue that. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I, I hate to be cliche, but, you know, the greatest rock and roll musicians of all time. And that's the, the holy triumvirate of Rush. Thanks so much, Greg. We appreciate you. He's a Canadian and, uh, from Canada. All our best Canadians come from Canada. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
What's today, PK? Uh, ticket giveaway Wednesday, is that what we call it? Win, Win tickets, tickets Wednesday. Wednesday. I know I had to get the W's in there. Come on, I'm, memorize it, I'm PK. like the Utes, man. Nothing but W's. September 1, 2020. Are you free? Have you already booked your calendar? Two tickets for the Black Crows Shake Your Moneymaker Tour. They're going to be at USANA Amphitheater, September 1, 2020. The Black Crows, Chris and Rich Robinson, reunited. It's a 30-year anniversary celebration of their landmark quintuple. Is that five-time? Yeah, quadruple would be four. I think it's five-time platinum debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker. They're going to play the album in its entirety. All the hits are going to be USANA. Your tickets are on sale now. You can purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or win. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Two tickets right now, 855-340-ZONE. If you don't win right now, you might win later today one of the, during one of the other shows. And you can always go get the tickets online at livenation.com. All right, PK, it's time to brainstorm. What do you want to know? Exposure seems to be such a big deal for the Pac-12. So I've offered up one way to get more exposure. If you are in the top seven and have a legitimate chance to be in the playoff in November, your game has to start when the sun is up. Now, it could be just a sliver. Um, it could be a half-moon bay. I like it generally. Uh, I can't take it across the board because if you're playing some awful team. Yeah, regardless, even better. If you're playing some awful team and there's some punching bag, some last place team that's, that's going to get annihilated, the Pac-12. then they have to put you on the Pac-12 network to get you day side because you're going to have no, no, no. That they that the has league. to be their first pick. The, yeah, the, the the contract says that the the ESPN yeah. and Fox blah blah. You have and they to do it take with the, a, and they do it with the Big Ten. Oh, they do it with Ohio State every freaking uh, that's week. About, they're going to do it this week. The Ohio State Rutgers is on at ten o'clock in the morning. I think it's on ABC. Yeah. If it's not, it's on ESPN. So they but, do it yeah. every time. This is nothing new. Let's brainstorm, people. Get on the blower. Let us know. Alabama, get on the app. Alabama, Western Carolina. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna get that. That's gonna be great. Okay, so another thing they can do, and they have finally fixed this in the future, but they're still doing it this month, and it is just the dumbest thing. It is honestly, USC is on a buy on Thanksgiving weekend. The weekend when more people have more time to watch football, and USC gets a buy for the final week of the season. They're playing their 12th and final game against UCLA this week. On Thanksgiving weekend, the marquee brand in the league isn't going to be playing. Yeah, and if that they would have won the conference and or won the division and had it set up for a week off, that'd be great. For them, but not for the team who had to play them. There'd be six teams in the North complaining about that. Right, but a, so then that's just happenstance. This is a terrible idea. Well, no. but, it, but it happens all the time. It's just on a rotational basis. Well, they've started plugging some games in there. Next year, they're going to put BYU in to play BYU and Stanford alternating years for the Right, next but, four but this years. year they had two buys with the, the calendar being what it is. Right. So it's a temporary deal. It's not long term. It's not always. 
it's horrible. It's not always, though. It'll be solved next year. Going forward, the other thing they should solve, and they got halfway there this year, they put two conference games on week two. There are not many good football games for the TV networks to televise the second and third weeks of the season. This year, the Pac-12 put a... Uh, well, they've been doing that for years The Stanford now. game. The Stanford and USC, USC is always And they the also game. added a Washington game. Washington okay. played somebody. And they ought to do the same thing week three. They should put a they couple, Cal. Of, couple of conference. It was watching Cal in week two. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should put a couple of conference games on week three. They'll put get them on good, week one. They'll get good game. And other conferences have done that too. Miami, put them week one. Miami, Florida State. One, two, has, three, four, all has, the way through has been an ACC. Yep. Yeah, yeah but, but you let, say good games. You, you, you're rolling the dice on good games, right? But it's not automatically a horrible game because it's not automatically a money game with somebody. Uh, well, it's just a conference some game. Team in. Just put conference games starting from week one. So. Conference games every week in September. Let's go. Okay. And that'll get you a couple more good broadcast dates. And that means you're going to have to alter the scheduling policy about all the non-league games have to be the first well, three games. long since changed that. That's not even close to a rule anymore. How many non-league games were there after week three this year? In the but it's not golf? a rule. Okay. So start scheduling them. There's two every year. Minimum There have always been two with Notre Dame. And now with BYU, been... there's... They'll they've, be they've already done that. What do you want? Five, five, six? How many do you want? I think they should spread out their money money games and not play them all at the start of yeah, the season. Yeah, but you have to get somebody on the other end to agree with that. Right. And other leagues do it. Alabama's playing Western Carolina. You pay them money, they'll show up. This is when you can have your money. They're already doing that, though. They're not doing it with the money games. All right, what else have you got? 855-340-ZONE. I think nudity at halftime. What? Yeah. What? Have people stick around. Find out who's going to be nude. You don't know until, like, it's a it's a nude time decision. You know what I mean? Spice like, it up a little bit. Like a game time decision. Yeah. Get some spice. How about this? Free beer for everybody. Yes, drunken brawls breaking out all <laughs> over the place. Well, Free beer oh, Instead of charging them, my bad. Instead of charging them 12 bucks for <laughs> a beer. Yeah. Things that aren't going to change. They're already doing it at all pro places. It's all about making money, my friend. Nate says the best thing they could do is get rid of the failed Pac-12 network. The failed Pac-12 network. Well, the partner with one of the uh, big boys and have them be a part of it. I don't know that they would get away, do away with it, or just give in to direct. Say, all right, we have realized uh, it's not working, so we're going to bite the bullet, and just what's the best deal you can give us? And do it. And then the Pac-12 games can be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but $17 million. Just isn't near good enough. So they were saying that uh, what ASU and uh, Utah game was going to get seventeen million. Seventeen million homes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and way few viewers than that, but just only available in seventeen million homes. I think that's what that's they a, said, right? That's that's a tiny that, number. For some reason, that number sticks in my mind. Out of a hundred million viewing homes, yeah, ish, something like that, right? In the country? Whatever And they're only available in like 17 million of them? Right. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's not good enough either way. And then also, too, I mean, they do a pretty good job of, I mean, they're, they're a PR arm of the conference. 
I mean, Yogi Roth, I mean, he knows everything about the Pac-12, but he'll never say anything negative. So, and, they, and I watch it sometimes. They do a pretty good job. And this other stuff, the, the stuff that he's done, the drive. I find if, that if it, stuff more If it's your team, right. you're all over it. Behind the scenes, what are they saying? And if your yeah. team is winning, you can't get enough of it. <laughs> That's true. Everybody loves a winner. Right. And they do good stuff. He, Yogi Roth is the most knowledgeable guy about the Pac-12. He should have a bigger platform. Uh, he can name you everybody up and down the rosters, inside and out. The guy really knows his stuff. And he deserves a bigger platform. I mean, what and what better show Tuesdays with Yam and Yogi? Nobody else would have a cooler name of a show than Yam and Yogi. And yet, even if it were done and it were totally cool, nobody could see it. 17 million out of 100 million homes. Yeah, there's so few people that even know it exists. And that's a shame. And I get, yeah, it's great to put in the women's polo team and we're politically correct world that we live and the, and the men's soccer. None of that would be heard yeah. if this league were on, or if the network were on in more homes. Yeah. And so the only people who care about that are the families of the kids involved. The rest of us, yeah, we flick off. We'd rather watch Real Housewives of uh, Salt Lake Dra- City. Draper or something. Bravo. What is that going to look like? I think one of your folks, you got like five TV stations. You folks should do one of those. and get The Real Housewives. Real Housewives of the Cove. Could you imagine? That would be awesome. All the jealousy that would be going. And get your your local uh, cosmetic surgeon on and have him go. Tell me. Real Housewives of the Cove versus Real Housewives of BYU Alpine area. Come, come on, man. Woo. One would be a good lead-in for the other. Those shows should run the amount, back to The back. amount of silicone there, that would just be incredible. The Have car- them go back and forth. The carpooling drama. And whose kid is better? Whose kid should play quarterback? Nice. Really. And who's making the most money off ward members in their <laughs> entrepreneurial jobs? Shh. <laughs> That would just stop. That would guy in the cell phone. Stop exposing that would just be it. Sweet. Guy in the cell phone glares at the camera yeah. and closes the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. If you want exposure, man, you gotta take chances. Gotta do some crazy stuff. I'm up for this morning. These morning starts. Kyle was up for it. I don't think most coaches were, though. Leach was very much against it. Yeah. But they got their whole, like, five, six-hour pregame routine, and they don't want to be getting guys up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, tough. They, after a while, you get used to it. I mean, I wake up at the same time every day now. I've been doing this for 18 years. Well, the Utah and Colorado home game is 11 o'clock, and then once the time changes in Arizona, right? Were, the, were either of the Arizona coaches up for it? Well, they can't do it for most of the season because it's just too hot. So you, you pretty much have to eliminate them until... November? Yes. Yes. I mean, last year, the Utes played down there a day game the first week of November, and many people were complaining to me how hot it was. Yeah. And that was like a 1 o'clock start in November. 
So it can still get in the 90s. So they they have the exception. It's like MLB requires all games on Sunday to be played during the day, except for the ESPN and Texas. Because it's just too hot. Yeah. Right. So you have to make an exception there. But the rest of the places. And yeah, after a while, they would be getting used to it. I mean, they sell their souls for money, but all of a sudden, no, that, no, we can't do that. Well, the Utes already <laughs> played an 11:30 game this year. Yeah, I know. So for the Utes, it'd be an 11 o'clock game. So they're they're almost there anyway. Exactly. What's the 30 minutes? Right. Yeah. Eat breakfast faster. I mean, you're willing to sell your soul to get as much money as possible, but all of a sudden, that's where you draw the line. Yep. Because it comes back to rest and player safety is the argument. Well, then go to bed earlier. I mean, these are young kids. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Utah Jazz on the road in Minnesota. We're going to get to that next as they uh, try to avoid the three-game losing streak. And we got tickets to give away to see the Stars. We'll tell you all about that next. Coming up at the top of the hour, Riley Jensen, our college football insider. Stay with us. Win, win, win. It's a win ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the win ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Salt Lake City Stars are at home tonight. We got away. We've got a four pack of tickets to give away. It's Military Appreciation Night, presented by Savage Bruin Arena, seven o'clock, Salt Lake Community College campus in Taylorsville. The Sioux Falls Sky Force are in town. They're the Miami Heat affiliate. All active or retired military members are eligible to receive up to four free tickets with military ID presented at the box office. They're going to have uh, bounce houses, face painters, balloon artists all out there. University of Utah Health Kids Zone featuring all the entertainment and parking is free. You want free tickets? We're looking for caller number 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. That game will be on 1280 The Zone at 7 o'clock. The Jazz game will be on 97.5 The Zone at 6 o'clock. It's the Jazz and the Wolves. And PK, it's early, so you don't want to get too wound up, but a three-game losing streak takes the luster off of things. So a win tonight and the streak at two. Let's not be sitting here talking about three tomorrow. Got to shoot it better. Got to finish better in the fourth quarter because certainly that last game was there for winning. And you got to try and make sure Carl Anthony Towns doesn't start draining three-pointers all night from all over the place. Can you do that last one, though? Is it just a matter of whether the ball goes in or not with him? Law of averages. Regression to the mean. He doesn't make seven threes a game because nobody in the NBA makes seven threes a game. Okay. Contest contest the shots. You can't give them wide open stuff because then the odds go way up. But if you contest the stuff and you're in the neighborhood giving him a little, you know, a little bit of pressure and all that, he should he shouldn't be making seven again. I actually like the way they should uh, maybe do this a little bit more, have these series, so to speak, because with the schedule oddity being that uh, playing both games of both same teams back to back, spread and separated by you know, a couple of days. But the point is, it's almost like a playoff game in terms of, all right, you scouted them a little bit, so now you have a better idea, and what do you need to do to win if you lost or if you won? What do you need to do better to make sure you win again? And so so maybe we can see a little intrigue going on, the chess match stuff that you see in the postseason 
You know, they came out with that funky way of guarding Harden last year. I was watching NBA TV, and Mikhail was talking about it the other night as far as uh, stuff that sticks out. So what will they do regarding Towns? How will they defend him? What will be the strategy? What will be different? Where they feel like, hey, we did what we needed to do. It's just a matter of playing a little bit better. The foundation of the principles to win were there. We just have to improve upon them, and we'll be fine. So that's one option. There's you know several things that they might come up with since they're playing this team back-to-back and they've had an opportunity. You can hone in on the Timberwolves. You're rarely going to hone in on the Timberwolves during the course of a season. But, you know, when they came back Friday night, and I don't know what they did Saturday, but they probably got together at least Saturday or Sunday, they could focus a little bit on the Timberwolves for a stretch of four or five days. Very rarely can you do that in the NBA in a regular season with so many games coming at you so quickly. So I find a a sense of in what would be intriguement isn't a word, but... Just intrigue, I guess, uh, on this to see what happens here. But yeah, you don't want a losing streak. Obviously, nobody does. Well, the Jazz are one of the better defensive teams in the league. They're right at the top there with the Lakers and the Bucks. Those look like the top three right now. And so it really comes down to offensively. It looks, and uh, you know, listen to the broadcast and that. I guess it's to be expected with all the new guys, but it's not It's not quite clicking. Something seems off. And I don't know, can you just order up chemistry in 13 games? But as much as Quinn talks about the defensive end of the floor, I think they're really pretty good at the defensive end of the floor right now. I think the offensive end of the floor is where there's room for a lot more room for improvement. So they're getting stops. What do they need? They need goes. <laughs> more goes. The opposite of stops would be, right? Yes. So, er, ergo, they need goes. Number one. That's going to pick up, by the way. Number. You think that's going to catch yeah, on? You're gonna, yeah, you're going to. Quinn Snyder's going to come up. Man, we had some really good goes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know we laugh about that because well, it's you. Uh, but seriously, basketball lingo changes sometimes. It used to be fast breaks. Now they got to run out. You just made that up. So why not make up goes? They got to run out. Got a fast break. Yeah. Number one in defensive rating, number 25 in offensive rating. The improvement to be made is at the offensive end of the floor. How much of that is simply missing shots? Is it shot selection? Is it ball movement? Is it familiarity? What is it? You know, it's probably a little bit of everything. I was about to say, it's definitely all those. To me, shot selection stood out in the last game. I thought they forced some contested shots over the clock. They didn't get to be 20, whatever you just said, based on one game. I think the familiarity chemistry thing, when the offense was going well last year, there was like a rhythm to it, and you could just feel it. And like early in the position, it's like they're moving, guys are getting the, early in the possession, guys are getting the advantage, and that doesn't mean this guy's going to get the shot, but it's going to force them to rotate, and there'll be one or two more passes, and somebody have a wide open shot. And I don't feel that this year. There's certain times you think, Just okay, somewhat logical, given the Joe's new, the number open, of Joe's open, Bogdanovich is open. I think one thing I'm seeing less of this year is, and, and this, they don't like to talk about this kind of stuff, so it's hard to pry it out of them, but it looks like Mitchell isn't going to the rim nearly as often. He's driving, but he's shooting a lot more 8, 10, and 12 foot Well, the stuff. stats bear that out. And I don't think that's him just making the decision. There's some logic behind that. I don't know. I think he gets fouled less so when he does that. What is he told to do? I would think so, but I don't know that. Um, 
And we'll see if it holds up. If he's not being told to do it, if it's not something they want, then that's the kind of stuff that Quinn doesn't say out loud in postgame because you don't call out individual players as an NBA coach. Well, it will be easily corrected, though. But we'll see it. And after the game, Quinn did say, you know, we have to look at the things we did. You know, he's got a list of things. And if I'm seeing more 10-footers and if the stats are showing more 10-footers, you know he's on it. and he's, They're going to talk to Donovan, and Donovan will be getting to the rim more then. Or stepping back more. Or yet, is there a way to create more three pointers? Because I do think they need to shoot more of those. Um, They've got the guys who can make them. Reacquire Jay Carter. That'll solve that. (laughs) That'll solve it. These are going up. (laughs) Pull the trigger. It's not going in if I don't shoot it. All right, DJ, PK, and Andrew Reinhardt is here. Uh, You hear him on multiple shows. Andrew, I got to read here. It says you're going to be on with Scotty and Hans soon. Yeah, Friday. You don't like them as much as you do us. No, not at all. No. But you like coming in later, noon to three, than you do early in the morning. It, right? it, it's an early morning. <laughs> <at seven. laughs> I knew it. I knew you it. guys do it every day. Oh, that's true, but we're, we're not wired normal. Uh, Friday from noon to three, Andrew Reinhardt will be in studio with the Wasatch Medical Clinic and Hands and Scotty. He's here right now with us, and uh, we spoke about this briefly earlier. Uh, questions about testosterone, and yeah. does that help a little? Does that help a lot? When it comes to ED, I believe, just based on observation, it does not help. Um, A lot of guys think when they get erectile dysfunction, oh, okay, I'm low on testosterone. That's the first thing I got to do. So many of our patients, I'll bet half that come in for a consultation have tried testosterone. It doesn't work. They do notice a little energy boost, but we have found that it's a physical problem. It needs a physical solution. Our treatment um, is a targeted treatment in the part of the body where you need the blood flow the most. It opens up the blood vessels, uh, and usually pretty quickly, two to three weeks, we can restore normal function. So many guys are sick of the pills. I, I know I've said that, but they're, every single guy that comes in complains of the headaches. You can eliminate that, get back to normal function in the bedroom, spontaneity, essentially. Free assessment if you call Wasatch Medical right now at 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. I assume the assessment has several different things, and one thing is checking people's medical history and what medications they're on. Yeah, and this is really cool uh, and totally free, like you said. Come in, get analyzed by a medical doctor that's seen a ton of erectile dysfunction. Um, he'll be able to tell you why you have ED, what the treatments can do for you. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound. It's an analysis of you. There may be something in your life that's causing the ED that we can quickly point out. Um, but give us a call right now. We'll do that totally free. It's normally a few hundred dollars and no obligation to go forward. All right, no obligation. Call Wasatch Medical right now at 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Get your free assessment with a doctor at 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.